Welcome to the third episode of Odupem Suusquewa Kitsikisi Kok, Molly Swain Nitsiakason, Otuskwanek Nitsoten, Chelsea Val Nitsigason, Ewamantu Sakaiganik Nitsoten, Erin Marie Nitsigason, Manatu Sagahiga and Ochenia, Maldim Kaiber, Dushnikaz, Obishka Kong, and Donjibo. That was not Cree. <laughs> I just want to point that out. We 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 have uh, so we have some guests as you can hear. Uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, my cousin Aaron here, <laughs> and then we've got uh, we've we've got a Anishinaabe uh, interloper who has joined us here in space with her double vowels. So uh, yeah, that's going to be a thing tonight. And what did you call yourself? A Robo Jibwe? Robo Jibwe. I think that you know, that one came up. Like Robo Jibwe has also been bouncing around today. You could do Robo Jibwe. Yeah, that's Robo what I'm thinking. Yeah. Robo Jibwe. Yeah. All right. So welcome guests to our ship orbiting our glorious planet this evening. So Chelsea, what are we doing? We are, uh, well, we're sipping wine right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Brave Star which is uh, the most science fiction-y thing that we've done so far. If you remember, our first episode was based on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, you know, is kind of loosely science fiction, but kind of more in the fantasy yeah, side of things. Yeah, kind of like a horror. Yeah, like I mean, campy. horror in, like, lots of ways, really. <laughs> yeah. So many ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we did Quantum Leap, which is sort of so pseudo-science-y. Um, but we decided that for this third episode, we had to go full science. So... We, uh, we found an excellent, excellent uh, show to, to share with you. But first, but first we need to talk about the wine that we're drinking tonight. Yes. Molly, would you like to introduce oh, it? Definitely. Uh, so this is the Connoisseur Bicicleta Pinot Noir 2013 that comes to us courtesy of Melody. Thank you, Melody. There's a beautiful kind of vaguely shiny bike on the front with the name of the winemaker that I can't read because it is in uh, their own writing. So <laughs> moving to the back. The description of this incredible wine is the connoisseur vineyard workers travel around our state by bicycle, tending the vines using natural methods as opposed to unnatural methods in order to produce the best quality grapes. That's so sweet. Isn't yes. that just so tender? Yes. Our BC Clutter wines are a tribute to them. Oh, lovely. A fresh, voluptuous Pinot with rich notes of cherry, blackberries, and plum, together with a balanced, ripe palate. This is the perfect wine for grilled chicken or red meat dishes. This is also a certified carbon-neutral delivery wine. <laughs> I can feel my hipster mustache growing as we sip. <laughs> oh, yes. All of my first-world guilt is just ebbing away. Yeah, yeah. We just but is the mustache hot pink? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. It should be. It should be. 
All right, so if, uh, if you're new to the show, basically this is the format. We, uh, we watch a thing, and, uh, and we take notes, uh, and we try not to use up all of our material screaming things at the screen. We, uh, we, we then sit down and, uh, and, and drink some wine and, uh, and discuss the thing. And then at the very end, so that we make sure that we are always inclusive, we, uh, we ask a white guy a thing. That, that, that way we, we can bridge that gap between indigenous and non-indigenous and make sure that we are always and forever centered on what white men uh, know, which is everything about science fiction. And, uh, and that's what we do. And this, uh, this review podcast may or may not actually contain any reviews. So fair warning. <laughs> there we go. All right, so getting into Brave Star, um, what was this episode called? I it, didn't even catch it. It was called The Disappearance of 3030. It was right. the, the first episode of, uh, of an animated 20-minute um, cartoon called Brave Star, two R's. It, this was made in the, in the 80s uh, by the same, the same studio that made uh, He-Man, Master of the Universe, uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power, and the regrettable Ghostbusters animated uh, cartoon. So, uh, so it comes from like my childhood, and and yet I didn't know about this. I'm, I'm no. kind of excited. Uh, as far as we can tell, anybody who grew up north of the 39th parallel is like very confused and shocked by Brave Star, and then of course delighted when they actually see Brave Star because it's flipping awesome. Uh, but people people in the states seem to have have seen it a little bit more. So mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting divide. Um, so I guess firstly, oh, you know what? We should we should talk about the last one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what happened is, is we actually this is this is our second um, attempt to do a third episode because what happened is we we actually watched uh, a, an episode of Brave Star last time, um, and it was something about revolt or rise of the prairie people. We thought it was a really good uh, one to get into. We had no idea about the cartoon, but it was it was obviously about Métis people, so we we dove in. <laughs> but we, we obviously decided it was about Métis people. Yeah. <laughs> It just was, Um, but we we found that that episode got a little dark, you know, here on Métis in Space, sometimes we deal with some pretty heavy subjects, and we got a little angrier than than, uh, than normal, uh, than usual. Uh, We're actually pretty angry all the time, but we just like cover (laughs) it with humor, Um, and and so we just decided that 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 was some bad energy. We didn't want to put it out there, so we're redoing this. We're just going to kind of go back, and and, and that's, you know, we've got some guests here, too, that are going to help us stay on the... Still on the good path. Always look on, on the bright side of road. road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll put we'll put both episodes up for you. Episode one, which is the one that we're viewing tonight, and then I think it's like episode thirty-five or thirty-seven or something. Revolt of the Prairie People. If you want to watch it, it's yeah. it's pretty incredible. Uh, so yeah, do we want to get into it, y'all? Yeah. Why don't we just go so. around yeah. and we'll and we'll talk like everybody get a chance to talk about what they saw. So uh, I guess how did you know? What were your first impressions? Yeah, Aaron? for sure. So. I mean, you know, having two, no, three, three of us are from Alberta. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I mean, I think we need to talk about the Alberta feel to Brave Star. Right? <laughs> yes. I, I feel a little bit like it was a take back to Alberta slash Texas. Um, <laughs> same diff. Yeah. Same diff, diff, but it definitely had that feel. Um, I think in Brave Star, and I don't know other people's feelings, but um, I feel like Sarah Jane was a metaphor for land. Myself. Oh, interesting. So Sarah Jane is the name of a gun that is wielded by a robotic space horse with hands. <laughs> Cyborg space horse. Yes. And it's a sacred gun. It's a sacred gun. It's not just any old giant space horse rifle. And, it's a and, sacred gun. And wow, that, that actually like makes everything make more sense. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. It's Whoa. The that's big, really big blunderbuss gun 
is uh, is a metaphor for land. I like that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're fighting over it in yes, the episode. They are. Yeah, That's and right. then they destroy everything. Well, wait, we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get Spoiler to it. Spoiler alert! All right. Well, my first notes say Sad Drake, and I feel like we also... <laughs> Maybe we should explain why Sad Drake. Yeah, I Do you feel like we should really acknowledge that uh, to, to open the space in which we shared Bravestar, we um, uh, we had an introduction from Nicki Minaj and Anaconda, and I've had the bass line running through it ever since, so that's that's my soundtrack. There were, there were space flutes, but uh, at the same time, that bass line, but, 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 that's, that's still there. Nicki Minaj in the background. Space Minaj. Yeah. Yo, that actually is like a fairly appropriate kind of baseline for the entirety yeah. of Brave Star, though. Because it like, was intense. And, yeah, yeah it was it's intense. Driving, yeah. There's there's a lot going on. Mm. Trying not to get in a There were a couple of lingering <laughs> butt shots of the horse. And the yeah, horse is strangely Brave, humanoid. Brave Star, like, yeah. commercial Brave Star had a great butt, and there were a few, like, Yeah, <laughs> that bear had big packs. Yeah, the yeah, bear had the big packs. Bear spirit animal. Right. Yeah. So, so Nicki Minaj, Anaconda, was sort of our audiovisual smudge and, mm-hmm. and right before uh, Brave Star. And it, it's a nice flip of the gaze. We, we watch Nicki Minaj, like, it's all twerking, and, yeah. like, now we're just watching this thing where the two male characters, it's just their butts all the time, and, yeah. like, the female character... We didn't really see her butt much. No, no. no, she was kind of facing... Yeah. 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 It was just all male butt. Yeah. She's, she had the best style, though, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, I personally really, really love the intro. The intro basically gives you the entire storyline. It sets up everything for you, but it's also a really good combination of, like, tech futurism with an outlaw Wild West feel. So, it gives you just everything. Everything you could possibly need. You're on the planet New Texas. Brave Star mm-hmm. is the only lawman on the entire planet. He's sent there, presumably from Earth, but you don't really know at this point, to kind of keep the peace. Uh, and he is a pacifist. He's very much a pacifist, which is laid out uh, right away in stark contrast with 3030, his space cyborg horse, who is really, really quick on the trigger. And, and we have to point out, Brave Star, Marshall Brave Star is native. That's that's kind yeah, of yeah. That's the point. Yeah, the point. The point. <laughs> Chiseled cheekbones, dark skin. Uh, long black hair in a braid, uh, and, and braid. No, it was like a cute little ponytail. You're right. It was no, well, no, yeah, it was a, a ponytail. short ponytail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a ponytail. Yeah, it wasn't even yeah. a braid. Oh, yeah, when his when like... his hat got knocked off. Oh, really? But he's in western gear. Um, all right, and then one one thing that I like about this too in the intro is you find out that this this planet, New Texas, um, it has three suns. It has a blue, red, and yellow sun in black space. It's like the medicine wheel colors. Ah, uh, did you get that? That's right. That's right. There we go. That was my that was my uh, pen Indian moment. All right. I wonder if that was on purpose. I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, it let's just say yes. Yeah. It was everything absolutely on purpose. Was on All, purpose. everything that we're talking about was on purpose. Yes. In case you're wondering, definitely. All right. So from the beginning, we we get the sense that. Um, you know, the horse, or 3030, really wants to go back to where, you know, where they came from. That they're seeking belonging. Um, for their, like, violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seeking seeking belonging through that trigger-happiness that they have. <laughs> yeah, 3030 is really angry all the time. He's really, like, he's just... <laughs> you know, all the time. <laughs> all the time. And, I, and I'll, and I'll just come right out and say that I, I think that... Uh, that Brave Star represents Louis Riel, and uh, hmm. and thirty thirty the horse is Gabriel Dumont. Yep. Yep. Intentional. Yeah. Definitely absolutely. intentional. It's, yeah. This is yeah. This is clearly. 
Though we can also kind of flip that narrative around because I'm thinking of uh, how 3030 had that internal monologue happening and at the same time he was also talking to himself. So like you would see his lips moving and then the internal monologue would kick and I feel like that's like more of a Louis Riel sort of narrative. Oh! <laughs> well, by, okay. Yeah. <laughs> have you just, have you been anything. reading like Tom Flanagan's bit on Louis Riel? Is that, is that what happens? We can talk about representation of stereotypes. I'm not necessarily co-signing on that, but yeah, just yeah. as the way it's proje- projected. Like, okay, but, but, but the narrative also is that Louis Riel was a bit more of a pacifist and, and Gabriel mm. Dumont was basically, you know, the war chief and, and Louis Riel you know, sort of stopped him from from taking action. I mean, that's definitely mm-hmm. the narrative that I grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not not all Métis, like, worship Louis Riel. Some of us are really, like, you mm-hmm. know, in the Gabriel Dumont, you know, side of things where we're like, if you just let him, you know, he would have he would have defeated everybody or whatever. Yeah, so. Let him take out the railroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of, like, I, I, I don't know. I personally identify a lot more with 3030, but that's because mm-hmm. I'm, like, quick on the trigger, too, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of hard to identify with Brave Star a little bit. And maybe it's just like as an adult, you know, you kind of see through a lot of kind of that moralizing and like you respect more of a diversity of tactics, which I feel is like what 3030 represents. He's not really shamed for it in the movie it's, or in the show. It's like, it's very much like you do your thing and I'll do my thing and like we'll work together with it. Well, that's where it ends up, but it wasn't that at the beginning, right? No, he was true. definitely, he's like, you shouldn't, you know, guns should not be used unless there's no other choice, was what Marshall Bravestar said. And that, that set off the whole chain of events where 3030 felt like he was unappreciated and had to go back to, to his homeland, back where he was appreciated before. So, yeah. Maybe I'll go back to where I belong. Come on, do your horse noise. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> Okay, so where does he go? Uh, he goes to the Hall of the Equestroids, which honestly mm-hmm. is maybe one of my very favorite compound words ever. <laughs> ever. It explains a lot, too, although he does seem to be the only one. At first I thought it was going to be like, how did he lose his people? But he's, he seems to be the lone equestroid in this massive giant hall. So I'd really like to know the backstory yeah, behind that a little that bit more. Because we see that brief transformation sequence in the intro, which I'm assuming is like a generic intro for every episode. Mm-hmm. But in this uh, or creation story, shall we say, mm-hmm. like, we don't see that transformation because like, uh, when they're asking for permission to go in, like everyone is in horse shape, but the horses are talking. But I think wasn't like a thirty thirty before he transformed like just a horse that couldn't speak? That's what it seemed like. Yeah, so he couldn't mm-hmm. speak, but then there's other horses that are in horse form that can speak. Mm-hmm. And thirty thirty seemed to be the the only one with the, kind of like the cyborg components. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There was another appearance of a horse because even yeah. before he was the, when the he was like equestrian. solid horse, like he still had yeah. like robo legs. Yeah. Um, but he's also the only horse with suspenders. <laughs> And great hair. Can somebody talk about the hair? Yo, I was not going to talk about the hair because you keep getting on me about talking no, about the hair. No, you got it, but no, I need you to talk Everybody about has hair. great hair in this show. Yeah. Everybody. The space babe that you see for like five seconds has great hair. She's like a totally hot redhead with kind of like an 80s punk cowboy sort of thing going on. That was awesome. The horse has unbelievable hair. Like volumized. Pardon. Mm, totally. Totally. And then of course, of course, Brave Star has the incredible native man hair. God, it was good. Watch it for the hair, and watch it for the aesthetic. The general aesthetic of the show is unreal. Yeah. yeah. So Brave Star goes on a Segway helicopter to find uh, 3030 and run back to the Hall of the Equestroids. 
he does a techno scan. Oh yeah, a yeah, great, great vision. Scan. Like boo, 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 boo. and then you see like this little like outline, like blueprint thing, and he's like, I have found him. Um, but but meanwhile, thirty thirty is in the hall, and he hears this voice come out, and it's like, return, return. And he's like, return where? Like who's who's talking? It's the voice of your ancestors. Return to the past, and then this tunnel opens up. That's how it always sounds to me. Yeah, I know my ancestors <laughs> yeah, right. call me. It's just like that. Yeah, sure, with yeah. a bit of a horse uh, yeah. accent. Return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just go into that tunnel. Yeah. And then a portcullis slams shut, so nobody can follow you. You yeah. got to be with your ancestors sometimes. You know, you just got to go there alone. Yeah. You got to have some ancestor time. Then you can come out of the creepy cave. Yeah, and and then the hall falls apart around him and and brave star by the way has these amazing powers he's he's got uh what is it he's got the the speed of the puma the strength of the bear the eyes of the hawk the ears of the wolf um and so he he does this like a little weird transformation where he's like you know everything's falling down around him so he is speed of the puma and he runs away from the collapsing hall and doesn't die and then where does he go he goes to our favorite guy yeah <laughs> The, the shaman, shaman. <laughs> yeah. lives on top of what Aaron, like, very astutely pointed out, is a totally space totem pole. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, the spacest, giantest totem pole you can imagine. Yeah, and there are flutes. There are space flutes. We and thought... I was pretty excited about that. Last time we did this, the last time we recorded episode three, The Dark Time, <laughs> we were really happy because... It, Despite everything else, there were no flutes. We were yeah. like, okay, this has the animal transformation. This has this and that. It's got all these tropes, but it doesn't have the fucking flutes. But it had the flutes, man. Yeah. Every trope we have hit Can't it escape so it. far. And every single uh, episode that we have watched of any show, this idea of indigenous people being able to change into animals, that, that's been solid. You got the flutes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we discussed that my, my spirit animal is a pigeon. You know, I'm, I'm sort of coming to terms with that. It's, uh, it's a little, you know, it makes me a little sad sometimes, but, you know. You know, just because you don't get a lot of representation doesn't mean that it's not important. I know. And one day I'm going to start my own clan, pigeon clan, and we will be a, a brave people. Your winged relatives are everywhere. Just go outside. They will yeah. greet you. Yeah, they'll, they'll open up a cave. They'll throw the portcullis down behind you. And I'll you. go and see my ancestors. Yeah, your pigeon ancestors. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what do we think about the shaman? Stoic. So stoic. I like that he actually increased the level of stoicness when fast-forwarding ahead a little. Like his uh, going to the horse spirit after... after. Uh, all of a sudden he starts speaking in the broken Indian accent. Yes. Yes. Tonto speak came out. Yeah. Yeah. That, which was surprising because that it was doing so well because Brave Star, you know, he's not really he talks, a He's got like a little he's bit of a totally Texan yeah. accent. Yeah. You know, he talks. And, and Brave Star yeah. doesn't talk down to the horses, but the shaman was talking fairly stoically, but not super stoic. Like there's levels of stoic speak. Yeah. And then as soon as he went to speak to the horse, who was quite eloquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also liked, it looked almost like the shaman had some kind of really bad Botox, because they only, he was so, well, he was so stoic, they didn't actually animate the top half of his face at the hole. That's <laughs> kind of crap. Well, it is the future. Talking. You know, why, uh, yeah. wouldn't, why wouldn't the shaman Botox? Yeah, right. In the future, all the shamans will Botox. It's called Stotox. Stotox. <laughs> <laughs> and he had these great techno feathers, this, mm-hmm. like, headdress, and there were, like, rugs on the, on the cave walls, and, like... The, the fire that he was sitting in front of was also vaguely futuristic because it was sort of floating there. It mm-hmm. wasn't really wood. It was just sort of like a ball of flame. That was cool. So, so um, 
so he's saying, okay, well, I must take you to the past. And then there was like swirliness and and then there before the the doors of the old un, undestroyed hall of equestroids. Yeah, and I think uh, there was some good consultation that happened <laughs> before entering the hall. Um, you know, Brave Star declared, or there was the question to enter with permission, so mm-hmm. there's some free mm-hmm. pride and informed consent there. Mm-hmm. Um, Important so to hit on that. That's great. Glad that happened. Yeah, he came, uh, and the, the shaman addressed this... Uh, the spirit of brave Equus, uh, who was at first like made out of stone, and then the stone you know sloughed off, and, and there he was, was a naked horse. He was a naked horse. There he was, <laughs> no. naked as the day he was foaled. <laughs> <laughs> but he was angry. That's something about these horses, man. They're fucking angry. They're angry. Yeah, I think we're all pretty stoked at that line. Apologies mean nothing. Actions speak louder. Oh, he broke the fourth wall, man, because the thing is, yeah, Equus looked straight at us into our hearts and spoke thusly. Action speaks louder than words and held our gaze for an uncomfortably long time. <laughs> Just that, that voice reverberating in my chest until I felt like it was going to, like, my, my heart was going to explode. And then, and then wow. he broke the gaze. He broke the gaze and I was able to breathe again and remember that I was still alive. There's a follow-up line. <laughs> yes. So the follow-up line to Brave Star was, you've come to plunder like all the others. Yes. Because that's the thing too, yeah. Uh, he goes in, and and Sarah Jane, the weapon, the sacred, the sacred weapon is sort of like illuminated on a pedestal, and uh, apparently the first time Brave Star went in there, he went to like steal the the weapon and had a big fight with uh, with thirty thirty. So he's back in the past. There's the weapon again, and he's like he's transfixed by the beauty of this thing. He's sort of drawn towards it, even though he he went there to get his friend, and so it's just like it's 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 powers of just. You know, he's just like sucked into it. His eyes become all like full of avarice and greed. And Equus saw that in his heart. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, and and Brave Star says, you know, I, I've come here to get my friend back. And and Equus is like, he does not want to come back for an empty friendship. Whoa, he's got a Brave Star's got to win him back with strength and skill. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as right. opposed to like love and more friendship which is kind of this is kind of where the whole plot fell apart for me was at this point it's like the great Equus you know he's got the voice he's got the gaze that holds your soul in its grasp but is that really wisdom but whether or not it is they just seem to roll with it it's kind of like okay sequence even the spirit animals were kind of falling apart because I remember at one point like you see the bear outline whenever they call the spirit outline like there's this kind of spirit animal like they have Mm -hmm. this ghost outline thing happening and like all of a sudden the bear pops up but then he starts running like the puma Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that yeah you know it was it was the first episode and obviously it was intentional but it was probably just to see if we were paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe this is indigenous futurism where bears also run like pumas and they're just extra badass. It, it's yeah, entirely possible, point. right? Yeah. Who say? Who says he's calling on Makwa of today? Like he's like he's out there just no, no. This is this is this is future Makwa. Yeah. Makwa no dodem hova. All right. So with the big pecs. With big pecs. <laughs> yeah, big pecs. So they start, like, okay, so Brave Star and 3030 basically start punching each other out. Although at first, uh, Brave Star's, like, not fighting. He's just trying to, like, reason. He's like, but 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 3030 doesn't remember him. So he just sees him as, as this interloper who's trying to steal the sacred gun, which, as Aaron pointed out, 
is a metaphor for land. That's right. So he's yeah. trying to steal the land. So he's protecting the land. So he doesn't he doesn't remember this guy. He just starts beating the crap out of him, and uh, yeah. So but but uh, Brave Star's like, no, no, I'm not gonna hit him. I'm not gonna hit him. And then. Because Brave Star only uses violence when there's no other way mm-hmm. out, then mm-hmm. he starts getting in there with his fists, right? But only because he has to to save his friend from nothing, though. To save his friend mm-hmm. from living from... in the past, because where he's perfectly fine. But lonely. you can't live in the past with Maybe. your land unspoiled. You gotta let you gotta let and your Brave Star take your land. Asteroids totally fine. Mm. So is the Indian colonizing here? Is this what's happening? Yeah, it kind of seems like it, eh? Yeah, because, I mean, he's indigenous, but not indigenous to where he is. And it seems to me like... I I didn't know this when we watched the other one. We had no context, right? I thought the prairie people, the little little, uh, groundhogs or whatever, that they were the only indigenous people. But it appears that the horse as well, the The equestroids, are also indigenous. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. the the native is the colonizer here. But, I mean, that's the thing. Is That's the thing. Is they're always, always trying to do that to us. Mm -hmm. Bearing straight? Like, what is that? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. We yeah, we're we're we've only been here for a little bit of time. We came across on a land bridge, and thus we are also newcomers, right? So here's the newcomer colonizing the original people. Mm. So why do you think that uh, the Sarah Jane was, or why do you think that? Gosh, cut. <laughs> um, Molly never cuts anything, by the way. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll edit it out later. She no, she, she, she's lying, man. She like even put in that part about where she accused me of hitting on her dad. <laughs> That's so awkward. I know, right? Okay, wait. So let's talk about Sarah Jane. Like, let's talk about Sarah line. Jane. All right. So why? But why is Land come as a gun? Because that's weird. And yeah. why is it named Sarah Jane? Because they're talking about when to use Sarah Jane, and as soon as you say use Sarah Jane, like I just yeah, that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the whole thing with the gun is actually uncomfortable. Like it's it seems like a really awkward like a symbol to Can use. Can we put a Freudian analysis on this? Do we want to go there? No, no. <laughs> no. This the show's already like <laughs> that's pretty that's colonization. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Like, I'm, I'm they too have, like, colonized. The friendly so. handshake at the end, and you're like, "Come on, guys, just like have a hug. You're friends. It's okay." Oh yeah, they don't even bro hug. I no, have epic bromance written in my notes, but it but seems it's... like a very tentative bromance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so as a metaphor for land, it's sort of I don't know. It, it's weird because yeah, because it, it's all about it's it's a it's a thing of violence, right? Mm-hmm. So don't use it unless you need to. But I mean, it's clearly like it's a sacred thing. That uh, that he ends up using all the time, and using Sarah Jane isn't that what kind of brings down the temple? Like they're fighting and he's yeah. firing it, and like the temple starts. So he destroys his traditional territory with his metaphor for land. Yeah, but I mean, like in, in the rest of the show, like firstly he always has it with him. Yeah, and it's a thing that he can tote around with him, which is also a little and bit it's, strange. It's totally part but, of his identity. It, oh, it so is. It's like it is his identity. It, it is in his a lot identity, of ways, at least yeah. from what we've seen. Yeah. But he also uses it for like both defense and offense in mm-hmm. order to like maintain this kind of town that they're living in on the planet of New Texas and this like certain type of society. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe where the metaphor for land comes in is like he uses it to maintain this lifestyle. And the fact that it's sacred is a little bit weird. 
but it's it's very it's like, a roadblock. It's like a tool. No, it's it's a protest site. It's a roadblock. It's it's all the things that natives do to protect the land that are violent against the economy of of, of the colonizers. No, but the thing is, is like he uses it in the service of the colonizers because he works with Bravestar mm-hmm. to maintain that town. You don't really see the town that much, but like it's where you know the eighties babe lives. It's where <laughs> that like little weird Gremlin. sheriff. But Gremlin he protects guy everybody. Lives. Like remember, because so this this episode that we watched before, further into the series. Uh, he uses it to defend the, the 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 prairie people, the Métis there. Yeah. Right. So it's not so much like yeah. I mean, he's definitely he's like trying to like make change from the inside or whatever. Like he's joined with the, he's his buddy, the colonizer there. Um, but but I think like he's still trying to to stick to his first principles, right? Like he's he might be doing that, but he's not. He, he's he's trying to his 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 allegiance is to the the land as, as a whole that's like, true and and the fact that these settlers are there in this in this like weird little colony place like he's also protecting them because they're on the land too right? well and don't you need some violence to protect the land so maybe that's why it's again. This is mm. hypothetical, Cesis. If you're listening, yeah, <laughs> this is like a radio play. Yeah, this is. This Don't is, worry about it. <laughs> this is one of the worlds happening right now. Yeah, yeah. This isn't related to yeah. anything. Yeah, we don't. Well, still we don't one, definitely. We're not but telling why is people to stand the up? only horse packing heat. Like, if the land is so important, I mean, well, Equus is yeah. there. Yeah, but no, he's literally the he's, only the only uh, like defense with like you, you've got Brave Star and you've got Thirty Thirty. Mm-hmm. Thirty thirty is from there. He's willing. He's willing to, to use violence at the drop of the hat mm-hmm. to protect everything. Brave Star is from outside, and Brave Star, as we've seen in like in, in later episodes, is very much caught up in in believing in the bureaucracy that there's a right way to do things. They fill you know the paperwork out, and thirty thirty is like no 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 no. We just like we just do things how we do things mm-hmm. right. So that's always the source of tension between them. Um, so again, Louis Riel and Gabriel Dumont, man. Yeah. No, no, I'm still just trying to pick up the difference between the Equus spirit where it's. A fairly generic looking horse, and yeah. then thirty thirty, who's hyper bionic and, and carrying a rifle. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, isn't it great when when there's just one of us? Obi Wan Kenobi. The last, yeah, the last offense. I don't know, Aaron, because it was your idea that the gun was the land. Yeah. Do you have any insights that you want to share about it? It's okay if you don't. <laughs> I just because we we're all talking because we're like we all are we flogging the dead and we're trying to make a oh. dead space horse. <laughs> Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> no, because I feel well, like it's a thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, no, I, like I think I think it's you know the two main characters, thirty thirty and Brave Star, like they're the main focus other than this awkward gun that's always in between <laughs> them. With the female name. I, yeah. I really do feel like it's it's it is a metaphor for land because it's always that awkward tension in between them and you know they both fight for it. Um, they both have different feelings about it. There's lots of feelings talked about. Yeah, in terms of yeah. Possession of this. Yeah. Sarah Jane. Yeah, and it's, uh, which is also land is like totally feminized. Also mm-hmm. in yes. discourse, like absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's something there. But, yeah, it's yeah. interesting, and I think like I like, I mean, this is the first episode, right? And there's something like 68. They only made one season, but they made just a, an incredible amount. And I think were we to follow through this, that you know, we'd see a bit more of that because even later on, when when we jump to somewhere in the 30s <laughs> with the Prairie people, we did see this like that 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 Sarah Jane is still very much part of his identity. It's it's really that. You know the the tension between violence and and doing things, uh, you know, the way of the Galactic Council, which we don't see in this one, but the Galactic Council sort of controls all of these colonies, right? So it's like bureaucracy versus direct action always is a tension in this, I think. So, yeah. Okay, so they beat the crap out of each other. 
Um, and then uh, everything is falling down around them. 3030 is about to be crushed, and he doesn't care because he feels like he was defeated. So he's just ready to go, go down with the whole thing. And, uh, and and Brave Star's like, no, I can't leave my friend. So he like knocks him out and strength of the bear and then or speed of the puma or whatever and runs out with his friend and narrowly escapes like just being destroyed. Can, can I just say my favorite part of that whole fight was when Brave Star kicks 3030 through a wall and then apologizes to him. Like That's fucking friendship hypocrite, war, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. But if if you don't want to be my friend anymore, I'll just go now that I've kicked now that you, I've kicked through, you through, the through the wall. He's like kind of shouting into the wall, like "Sorry, bud." Like, I thought how Brave Star slung a full-grown horse over his shoulder was like pretty romantic and the most cliched Hollywood mm-hmm. of senses. No. <laughs> yeah, and also just like, but I've never seen a bear do that, you know, because I'm assuming he was strengthening of the bear. But I would like to see a bear do that. <laughs> like a bear slinging a horse over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. But no, I totally agree. And that's the thing that got me is like I didn't I didn't want to go towards the like homosocial portrayal of these like male friends and they have the like female Freudian symbol and all oh, the way of decolonized. Yeah, like, but dang. There could have been pretty least, heavy. There could have at least been some friendship bracelets in this episode, I feel. Oh my god. Wow. You know? Some I feel like they could have had a better bromance handshake yeah. than just like, yeah. like, yeah, just like, like some a, sort of, yeah, just something. Some, some kind of, of secret like, How are they bro-bros? Like, why is he dashing through crumbling temples with a horse over his shoulder for this guy? Like, we don't see the content. <laughs> well, all we know about them is that when they first met, they fought. And isn't that like the guy thing? You know, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that play into sort of ideas of masculinity? Is that um, you know, you, you come into conflict with each other, you beat the crap out of each other, and then you're best of friends, right? There's n- no more no more growth needed, right? And so Brave Star is totally shocked when his friend, like, feels unappreciated and runs off. And so he really struggles with, uh, you know, a masculine way to, like, tell his friend that he loves him. Mm. And all he can say is, like, I need you. But, like, never explains why, right? Is this where we start the Masculinians book club? Um, I think I think we're always starting the Masculinians book club. <laughs> We're always discussing masculinities. Yes. Um, but yeah, okay. For so listeners, Molly's just jaw has hit the floor and it's <laughs> kind of locked in place now. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. it's, it's kind of a dysfunctional relationship. But but whatever, after he knocks the, the, the horse out, his buddy out, they materialize back in the shaman's cave, their jaws aching. And uh, and the shaman says, true friendship is not always easy. I thought I wrote KV there for a second, you know, but that made no sense. Like right? True friendship is not always easy. Even best companions will disagree. Okay. Oh, but you missed you missed the line where Violent before they before they go back into the shaman's cave. This was the, maybe the best line besides the apology after he kicks mm. him through the wall, <laughs> where thirty thirty says, "You came all the way back here in the past to fight me," and Brave Star says, "To show you I'm your friend." Right? What Wait, the what? heck? I, I mean... <laughs> Molly, do, do you need me to take you all back and beat the crap out of you so that you know that we're friends? I'm pretty sure we're friends already, but if I ever doubt it, then yes. Okay. So when you when you have to prove friendship, apparently what you do is you beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. That's what you do when you're Also, destroy masculine. your homes. Just, like, go to, go to your friend's house and, and kick and, them through and, the walls until their house falls down. 
Then, ah! then you'll be best BFFs again. But the Aqua Spirit didn't say that they needed to fight. He just said strength and skills. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, to I further decolonize this, we could just say, like, why not develop alternative modes of showing strength and skill that don't involve beating the crap out of each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was, this was the quick <laughs> Okay, so those don't exist. So, how could this have gone? If, if, we're, if we're talking lacrosse. about. Lacrosse. <laughs> they should have just played some lacrosse. Right? I mean, right. that might still brought the Hall of the Equestrians down. Oh, I think I think it was coming down anyway. You still kind of beat the crap out of each other, past. but it's... It's, more, all, uh, it's all sporting. Yeah. It's well, a sporting there, fight. There were no intermediaries. There was no one that they could go to to resolve this conflict. They had to deal with it, and, and they were strangers. I thought it was very diplomatic that Brave like, consoled 30-30 and like, oh, did I lose? No, it, it was a tie. Bro mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. bros! <laughs> yeah, right? Right? I didn't... I didn't Friends on. You. Yeah. yeah, we are also, equals. What happened to Equus? Well, he's just a spirit. No, he was always chilling in the no, past. He's still with thirty thirty. Just, just in here. Uh, yeah, it's right in the old heart. Yeah, your ancestors are always. That's good because I was a little worried about. I him. mean, but maybe maybe Sarah Jane is actually Equus. <gasps> that would make sense. Right, he carries his ancestors with him. Literally, the only way to yeah. find out is to watch the rest of the series, which I'm going to do. Okay, I, think I don't know about y'all. This might have to happen. Um, okay, so the, the deal with the 80s uh, was that... <laughs> what is the, the deal with the 80s, The deal man? with the 80s, you know... For those of us too young, or, young to remember them. i, I got to break it down for the, <laughs> the folks in diapers here. Is, oh. uh, wow. I it, swear those were fun. <laughs> is that there was always a need for a brief moral at the end. And, and, and like I said, this is, the, this is the studio that brought you He-Man, She-Ra, and the Ghostbusters. So there's this moralizing at the end. Uh, basically, in case you missed it... Best of friends can have differences of opinion. Fighting uh, can't solve it, although it totally did mm. solve it in this case. But, you know, whatever. Listen to my words, not my actions. Despite the fact that we were told to listen to actions, not words. I'm really confused here. Okay, yeah, but, this, this but you can agree to disagree. And this is what I love, because this is the indigenous teaching of tonight, kiam. Okay? It's a Cree term. It means, like, it, it's basically just like, all right then. That's the way you see it. That's just the way you see it. It's agreeing to disagree. This episode was all about Kiam. But in this like weird way that's centered around guns and shooting at And masculine people. violence. But Kiam. 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 And now it's time to ask Amuriao. All right, so today on Ask Amunia, we have Timmy Flanagan from Medicine Hat. And Timmy, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really, you know, happy to be here. Great. So our question for Timmy, uh, Chelsea. Uh, what would an Indian friendship bracelet look like, and who would you give it to? Oh, man. I, didn't, I don't really know what it would look like, but I think it would smell awful. <laughs> What would you make it out of? Like, I mean, like, because you got to make it a natural stuff. The only natural stuff around here is all well, dead gophers or hedgehogs or ground, whatever those dead things are on the highway, you know? That's why so many of them are bumpity bumpity bump bump bumpity bump bump bump. And anything made out of that would smell bad, I think. You know, because it's rotting. Okay, so who would you give that that natural? thing too. No one I like, I guess. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be a friendship bracelet, would it? It'd be more like a fuck you bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> Here, put it on. Make yourself stinky. You'll never pick up chicks. 
I, I There's see. a dead thing on my hand. <laughs> um, okay, for we, we have a second question for you. Um, what would your ideal feat of strength and skill be to save a friendship? If you had to save a friendship through through strength and skill, how would you do that? Oh yeah, so like imagine like my friend is like high up in a tree or on a cliff or <laughs> something, right? Like driving his ATV or something. <laughs> And it's like, he's like really thirsty, right? And he's like, he's, so, he's super mad at me because I didn't pack enough beer, right? But then I find like a cold beer, like underneath my seat of my ATV. And I like, I like, as I like, I like rev my ATV and I go up like, and I go over the ramp and then like I throw it to him, right? And the like, the sunlight like glints off the beer can and shit. And he's like flying through the air and then he like catches it. And that would be strength and skill that would save a friendship. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Timmy Flanagan from Medicine Hat, for your your Munia wisdom. Beer. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So we're gonna ask our guest uh, Melody to, uh, as as we generally do, to to gift our our guest Munia uh, Timmy Flanagan with an Indian name. So Timmy Flanagan's Indian name that he's being gifted with is He Who Friendship Fights. And as he carries his name and his teachings within it, we ask him to recall these uh, these values that we heard today of strength and skill. And so as Timmy Flanagan goes forth, as he who friendship fights, may he always catch that glistening can of beer. <laughs> Aho. Aho. <laughs> All right, so now is the part of the podcast where we rate uh, this episode of the show. Uh, so we decided to switch it up. We started out the first two episodes. Uh, we had a rating system where one of whatever our rating scale was was the best. One was the show was fantastic. You loved it. You'd watch it again and again. And five was terrible. We've realized that that's confusing, and we kind of did it by accident because we were nervous because it was our first podcast. So we're switching it. So five means it's the best. It was the greatest thing that you've ever seen. You would watch it again. You'd send it to all of your friends. One is terrible. And today, our rating system, we are using awkward land metaphors. So, Chelsea, on a scale from one to five awkward land metaphors, five being incredible, one being terrible, what would you give this episode and why? Okay, so I would give this uh, four and a half awkward land metaphors. Um, I loved the fact that this was the most science fiction-y episode that we've watched so far. Um, it had an indigenous main character. Um, you know, can I can I just say that like it was it was really just like the the, the shaman's techno feathers that sort of tipped it over the edge for me from four to four point five. And uh, I, I, you know, even though it, it, this is a kids show, right? So I'm giving it a bit of latitude. I think that over 68 episodes, it, it, it's probably going to flesh itself out more. This was the first one. So I'm going to sit down and watch all 68 episodes, one after the other, while eating um, buttered popcorn and, and, and drinking entirely too much tea. And I bet at the end of that, that, uh, that 4.5 awkward line metaphors is going to be justified. So I'm just I'm just seeing into the future with my mystical indigenous powers and, and giving it that for that reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna be a little bit more hard on this episode of Brave Star, and I think I'm gonna give it uh, three out of five awkward land metaphors. Um, I'm gonna give it the three because they did 
uh, end up talking about free prime informed consent in this mm. episode. So great on Brave Star for for breaking that down for us. Um, but you know, it might have made the, the the level four or five if they talked a little bit more about you know direct action on the land mm. um, and broken down native feminist land ethics as well. But maybe maybe you know thirty episodes in we'll get there. So yeah, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I'm go- I think I'm going to stake out the middle ground here with a 3.5 because uh, I feel there's a lot missing out. I'm still very confused on so many things. But uh, <laughs> but this confusion is also sort of like the, the narrative hook where it just pulls you in. And like, uh, like how did Sarah Jane get her name? Like, uh, there's, there's so much to unveil and I feel like there's a lot of potential here. And it's just so wacky that I want to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. I think we seem to have a, a very divided opinion on this, uh, and I'm going to go for a four, four awkward land metaphors. So I felt like, well, the message, I found the message very confusing, um, and also uh, it lost it lost points due to the stotox, the stoic botox of the shaman. Um, <laughs> however, I really did appreciate how a diversity of tactics and violence, particularly in defense of, of home and land, isn't demonized in this show, and I feel like that's a really, really advanced message for kids. Um, also, frankly, everybody's incredible hair and the great aesthetic. Please watch the show and you'll understand what I mean. And you, too, I'm sure will give it a lot of awkward line metaphors when, when you do your own rating. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight on Odbem Su, Eskwewak, Kitsigisigok, Metis in Space! 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 Odbem Su, Eskwewak, Kitsigisigok. Make tea in space. <laughs>